Welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Every episode, we listen to and learn from people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Here's your host, Doug Melville, Chief Diversity Officer of TBWA. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us, Advertising Week 2020. I am so excited to introduce one of the warmest, bravest, most considerate, engaged people. This woman is one of my favorite people that I've met in my entire life. Emmy Award winning co-creator, writer, director, executive producer of the critically acclaimed show Broad City. And after a fifth and final season, Alana is now working on an amazing project that she created called the Generator Collective uh, in 2016 as a way to humanize policy and lower the barrier entry. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the other side of New York. Thanks so much. I have a role. I cannot Thank you. Roses while they're here, you know what I'm saying? Thank you a lot for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Doug. Appreciate your mind and your heart. Thank Thank you so much. So you've been so busy. You've been so vocal, whether it's, you know, at this year's Emmy Awards to Instagram to other shows on Vice and all other types of channels. And your focus has really been how can you disrupt politics uh, for a new generation? So maybe you can get into a little bit of how you landed here as your next act and um, how you created the idea of the generator collective. Yeah. Okay. So how I freaking landed here. So first of all, just generator is this group that I co-founded and our purpose is to gather and talk about government and politics without feeling foolish. I just want to say, you know, we've changed our logo over time because like the language keeps changing. And at first it was dumb, but that's like ableism talk or something. And even stupid is. So it's just interesting how language changes. So that's our thing now to gather and talk about government and politics without feeling foolish. After the 2016 election, it's like, I think my, my, Co-founder Glennis and I were just talking about like, how did this happen? And a big part of it is like shame, the shame of not understanding the system and then being like, you know, I vote, but I don't get how everything works. Like, I don't know. They make the system elusive so that we don't claim its service to us, but it's supposed to be, the system is supposed to help the people live and function, not kill them, not um, tear them down, not make their lives worse, actually help them function. So it's uh, sort of a multifaceted thing, an online movement and a couple IRL components. So the online movement for us were like, at least in 2016, like Trump had taken Twitter hostage and the Russians took Facebook hostage and like white supremacy took Facebook hostage. And we said Instagram would be where we have our online movement. That you know, if used properly, even with fucked up algorithms, even with the way they sway information, the people still talk to each other. The people still like rise above whatever algorithm and talk to each other and meet. So, you know, that's um, our thing is like our, our online movement is a simple formula to make it easy to use your Instagram stories to talk about politics and government. It's progressive, nonpartisan. It's a two camera video. You say your name, where you're from and where you are now. One thing you love just for fun. And one issue you have with the system. 
tag generator, we repost you, we hashtag your issue to its correlated policy and humanized policy in real time. And then over the past four years, also with the help of you, Doug, and your mind and your spirit, we've figured out more about Generator, which is Generator Lives, these interview series where I interview experts, politicians, and activists at the Homer Simpson level about the system. And then also Jenny Socials, which are voter empowerment dance parties. We dance for in 15 minute chunks. And then we take a little break for grandma, take a little break for mama and um, talk with experts there, politicians and activists to create a cheat sheet for the voting booth for the upcoming election or for the election that correlates, you know, the upcoming election, either in New York or then in the spring, I went on tour. We took Jenny Socials on tour and created cheat sheets for the cities we were in. Now, what's so interesting is really the disruption. I remember uh, you and I met actually in 2018. Uh, you came on uh, the Disruptor series with Adam. Right. And then afterward, we just started talking about the Generator Collective and ways that we could, you know, scale it out and get more reach. And I remember in the first meeting uh, when it was such a kind of disruption at its time, although now it seems like second happenstance, but that on Instagram, a lifestyle platform, you were going to insert political messages. Because at that time, there was really, even two years ago, there was really very little politics on Instagram. No one wanted to like ruin it or, you know, everything was about different booty pics or what have you. Right. <laughs> you were like, what if we did, you know, like <laughs> booty pic? And then we also did political image and I literally like forgot Doug you're reminding me that it, there was no real messaging at the time and it was like everyone's having so much fun and everyone's extremely wealthy it was like it just you're right I you're you're right I've kind of almost forgotten that now but it's right it was like a lifestyle platform yeah, and we were in the meeting and it was like okay political messages on Instagram. And now every time I log on Instagram, it's like, did you vote today? Do right. you know standing? You're 20 right. feet from your pole. It's, it's like, you know, night and day shift. Yeah. So what did you kind of see there? You knew that that was kind of the swim lane in through Instagram? Yeah, I guess it's almost like, um, first of all, I just love it. You know, I haven't adapted to TikTok yet. I really like the platform of Instagram. I'm not saying, you know, whatever about Zuckerberg or Facebook, I just think that the way Instagram works, it's like ads. It used to be advertisements for our lifestyles, the way you're saying, Doug, it's like reminding me. It used to be like almost like little advertisements for our lifestyles, like a thing and then a little slogan. And then I think with Generator, it's like rather than cast it aside as meaningless, I kind of like the way baby boomers want to see Gen Z and millennials. Like it's not meaningless. You're just like not up in it and you're not using it you're not daring to make it meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a totally excellent container for whatever the fuck we want to put in it. Can I curse? Yeah, I don't I don't even know where the sensors are. They're on holiday. Great, oh, great, great, great. It's Perfect. online, authentic. You know, it's like whatever we put in it is what it will be, kind of the way I feel about this system. And we'll get to this with the Gen Z and millennial vote, but it's like, I understand why our generation and Gen Z and millennials and young people are disenchanted with the system and voting, but it's good enough for us to take over and make it what we want. And look what has happened with Instagram, you know, with Black Lives Matter and people sharing information, people who, who have been historically marginalized, we can just reach each other now. Yeah. And everyone's connected. So, you know, we started the conversation really around Instagram and then 
you added it in real life interview format where you brought in people like Eric Holder. So part of it was living on Instagram to help spread the message. And then the next phase was almost like a talk show where you brought in well-known people, activists and politicians. And, and tell me kind of how that connected to the audience where you, you allowed the forum to, to take it from the Instagram stream. And did you just invite your followers and then they could come to be part of understanding the process? Okay, so one thing I want to say about how Generator Lives came to be is that a friend of Generator, Vic Barrett, this young, I mean, just superhero young person who has been a climate activist since he's 13 years old and now he's about 21. I met Vic on the subway. He knew about Broad City and was like, I love Broad City. I was like, great, me too. But I don't know about you. You know about me. What, what about you? He was like a 19-year-old. I'm just going to go talk at the Brooklyn Museum. Um, just giving this talk about climate, the climate crisis. I was like, excuse me? He was part of this um, group of young people suing the federal government for endangering their lives because they, it was called, it's called Juliana.gov. I forget the thing, but it's like, it's young people suing the federal government regarding for not taking care of the climate crisis. So I was having this conversation with him and I was like, I got to DM you. What's your Insta? LOL. Insta. So I'm like DMing him and we're becoming friends. And I was like, you know, this conversation is too fascinating for me not to share this with people. Let's have an event. So then that was the birth of Generator Lives. And when you bring up Eric Holder, Doug, I'm like, oh my God, Eric Holder? But it's like, yeah, we had him. Yeah. But like to the point of Instagram and taking it seriously, if you just contain yourself enough to try, like sometimes you fail and then sometimes the thing comes through and it's like, no, this is totally legitimate. Like people want, you know, I don't know about the system. I did not grow up in DC. I barely understood what poli sci was in college. Everybody's like, I'm majoring in poli sci. I was like, Totally. <laughs> like, I don't even get it, you know, and I'm still like totally learning at a basic level. And it turns out that actually does resonate with people that level of not understanding. And yeah, I think that people that I've reached out to to be guests are chill. They're experts, but then they're also chill and really present their hearts. And it's been an awesome intersection of experts and, you know, novice and, and just like where humanity meets in the middle. So we did a bunch of live uh, generator lives. We kind of landed at the green space with uh, WNYC, this like their uh, event space in Soho. And then when COVID hit, we were just doing Instagram lives, generator live on Instagram live. And I learned so much. I learned in real time. Rob, you know, at TBWA kind of gave me this sort of soundbite of like, you bite the bullet for the audience. That's right. I bite the bullet for the audience of being like, I don't know what that means. You know, it's like, I, I don't know simple shit and I'm embarrassed. And it's a really interesting type of performance because it's embarrassing. I really don't know. I have to admit. And it's not like couched behind, oh, I pre I'm pretending to be an idiot. I'm like, I just really don't know. <laughs> that was so connecting to the audience because we said to Eric Holder, you know, about gerrymandering or item and it's, you know, we actually don't know how voting works because each county has a different process. Each state has different process. Everything has a different date. The whole system was set to kind of marginalize the opportunity of equality um, guys by certain groups. And you actually figured out a way to use a combination of Instagram and in real life to break down the barrier of entry by using I don't know. That's and, right. And that has worked really well. And so then after you did those, you want to go take it on the road 
Uh, you had a comedy special that came out on Amazon. And then you went to go on the road and you were going to start a political tour. Yeah. So this was a tour called hashtag horny for the polls, T-H-A and P-O-L-L-S and the number four. So, okay. Horny for the polls. And it was like a hybrid tour, stand up and activism. The stand up portion was I like had a new, new ish hour, newish 45. And at the stand up shows, headcount.org was meeting us at every show in every city to register people to vote. And then I was staying an extra night in each city to throw a Jenny Social, these voter empowerment dance parties that we sort of discovered Doug, Yumi, and Glennis in 2019. If you remember, it was like August and we we're having like a brainstorm sesh and it just like came up like Jenny Socials. So you know, we tried some in New York and then we took it on the road and it was really cool to have this like generator coming out both in January to do press for the stand-up tour and say the tour is going to be stand-up and generator. And to like, it was this really this like coming out that I didn't realize until I was doing it. It was like, Oh my God, it was like really it was intense. And it was um, a dance party where you would talk about politics. <laughs> you have a DJ and then you would talk about politics uh, in the breaks and it was really incredible to see that. How did that and, and it's also like a nice natural rhythm to a dance party. Like I love to like get up, dance, give it my all and then take a break. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like dancing all night long. And if you're not, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm not as young as I was, you know, I'm not like doing drugs, like dancing all the whole, you know, it's like, I'm like, sit me down, you know? So to take that natural break and just have a conversation and, you know, dance, like there's something about the association of celebrating with your body, the right to vote that feels fucking amazing at these journey socials. And there's something about dancing that's honest and open and human and really feeds naturally into having people who service the community, politicians and activists come on and talk about what's down the ballot. So also there's this admittance there where it's like, I, I can't even read this ballot proposal. There's so many double, triple negatives. You know, I remember this one at Babies All Right in Brooklyn where, um, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite activists and indivisibles came and told us about these ballot proposals because they were so confusing. So we had this model that we like had a, pi a couple pilot programs in New York and then took it on the road. And we had like a sold, sold out shows in nine cities. And we completed one of three legs, three shows and three Jenny socials. And we kicked off the tour with Eric Holder in DC at a Jenny social before the standup show. It was insane. Like dancing with Eric Holder, dancing. I mean, and also young people, <laughs> I, like I'll never forget it. First of all, one thing is he's dancing. He's like, Bill Barr can't do this. And it's like, we're all like, oh, whatever. So and good. Also young people going, Go Eric, go Eric, go Eric. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. And this is what it should feel like. We Gen Z and millennials deserve, not even Gen Z millennials, the humanity deserves to feel this system. America deserves to feel the system feel like this. You know what I mean? And to claim it like this, like people have been working for 400 years to make the system reflect them. And it's like time that we start doing it. And I think going back to Instagram, I actually think that like we have the communication tools to reflect ourselves now. This is amazing. So then the pandemic hits and you're doing the live parties and everything kind of takes a, a left turn. And then you pivoted again to really create a 20 series webisode on Instagram around cheat sheet for the voting booth. And 
Tell us about how that came to be, because this is a, a content factory creating bite-sized digestible clips with animation, great post-production and cutaways and everything, but for Instagram to help people learn how to vote. So first of all, just when you say COVID, like when I take a second to remember that COVID wasn't our lives, February and before, like, isn't it so... It's just crazy. I just need to take a second to be like, oh my God, global change in a week, you know, never before. Crazy. And the, not admittance, but just the true reckoning with living in a global society. COVID made us feel like, damn, we are a global society. And then look at the Black Lives Matter movement and how that was picked up globally. We are there. We are there. It's I'm, it's exciting and I have a lot of hope for humanity. <laughs> so, okay. So the tour shuts down. Can't even believe it. We're like, I mean, it's so funny to remember now. To Like I'm texting other standups being like, do you think you'll push a week? You know, like thinking that like if there's anything other than what happened is so crazy now. Completely shut down. Return to New York, like hunkered down and Doug, I mean, we spoke especially through the initial quarantine where it was like, New York is scary. Like it was so just like taking a second to reflect on, oh my God, everybody took a beat in their lives and being like, what am I doing existentially, literally? Okay, get through that. And then I felt like, you know, I was going to do like a part two in the fall for the Horny for the Pulse tour and do it like a, another version of getting out there, getting people just... I wanted this two-part thing because of like the long lead. It's irresponsible to at the last minute be like, hey, young people, could you vote? You know, it's like the young people's vote is the most important, especially this year when, as you saw in the clip, 37% of the voting block of the eligible voting age is 18 to 40. So I like kind of had this like come to Jesus with myself about being like, I, I'm going to give the whole election season and and basically the rest of the year to this election like I'm so nervous and anxious and angry and really want to you know what it was also was the meme how am I when I saw that going around like there was something as I was thinking about what am I going to do with this like generator thing that I was like what if we just take the momentum behind how am I and pointed at electing Joe Biden you know and I was talking about it with Glennis and I was talking about it with you when we were just like all brainstorming and the thing that remained from the prior from the horny for the polls tour i mean even horny for the polls the it kind of all was there it's all ingredients and you just change the medium so creating a cheat sheet for the voting booth became our like sort of bread and butter and that became the leading idea for this online series you know what are we going to do safely production wasn't quite clear and also i have a production company that's both like creative development and production services i love like a crew i love like i just love it's political, a set, you know, having owning a set is political. And that's my producing partner, Kelsey Kylie, and I have been building this production company. So I looked at the tools that I had at hand, and I have production services at hand, and I have generator this progressive branding and messaging machine at hand, Doug and Glennis, I'm talking all the fuck time. And so we created that. So with those tools, I was like, I think we can create an online version of, you know, complete the mission. But do it COVID safe. And what's cool about all this quarantine is that there's a different kind of scalability with having people online. You know, I was going to try to go to Wisconsin and see if (laughs) Ashton Kutcher would 
meet me in Wisconsin because he represented Wisconsin for many years with that 70s show. And I'm like, or, or Iowa, you know, he grew up in Iowa, just like he's sort of in there with activism, kind of. He's like, you know, I don't think he's um, down to be like, I'm voting for Joe Biden because like I asked, but I, I think he would be down to be like, vote, you got to vote. So I was going to ask individuals to meet me in cities. John David Washington, the actor actually on the Horny for the Pulse tour in March, met us in North Carolina. He grew up visiting his grandparents in the summer in North Carolina. So I like there was something about having people who represent a state come and pair with, with us and help us lend us their platform. So with all these ingredients in place, we created Cheat Sheet for the Voting Booth, the online series, a 20 episode, I can't even believe we fucking committed to this, but a 20 webisode web series. Again, oh my God, it's so silly and I'm always doing too much and the most, but I have to say my long lead thing is like, I wanted to, if COVID hadn't happened, a March tour and a September, October tour, not even October, September, like, we need to, it's hard to remember. Voting is not easy. The system is not easy. So we need a long lead. So uh, we had this idea, I, I was like 20 websites, guys, every Tuesday and Thursday until the damn election. And we've been doing it from August 25th, every Tuesday and Thursday, having an episode where I interview an artist, athlete, musician, comedian, celebrity, whatever, who has an authentic connection to a battleground state because that's what our program is servicing battleground states and it doesn't just have to be that you grew up there it can be that you went to college there darren chris is repping michigan because he went to college there and he like has so much love for michigan michigan's a great diverse state for us Kristen bell did michigan she grew up there blake griffin is coming out this week and he plays for the detroit pistons and danny brown the musician grew up there we're having jen lawrence this week for georgia because she has filmed for so long in georgia she freaking lived there for six years so just an authentic connection to swing states. And we talk top ballot and down ballot. So top ballot, our thing with Joe Biden is like, my like little slogan is like, I'm not stoked, but I'm down. And I just want to say over the course from August 25th till today, I am stoked. I am genuinely stoked for Joe Biden. He just seems nice, filled with respect and has awesome, awesome policies. The policies that he's putting out are so thrilling and inviting us to hold him to it. I'm actually thrilled, totally stoked. But that has been sort of the area that we talked top line, uh, which is like, I'm not pandering to Gen Z millennials. I'm not saying, guys, isn't he great? Don't you love him? I'm like, I know you're, I know there's an enthusiasm gap. I feel you, but this is an emergency. And also check out these policies. And then we go down ballot and it's like, it's just like almost like punking the system to me to have Jennifer Lawrence talk about down ballot candidates in Georgia. There's something so magical and awesome about that. Blake Griffin talking about Senator Gary Peters. I'm like, yes, like what? I love it. Can we show a picture of the cheat sheet? I want to Oh, my husband's like, oh my gosh, you're on fire, girl. He's on Instagram. And you put them in the Instagram stories on your page and on the Jenny Collective. And what it does is it maybe a little bit here, this breaks down the policies that Biden and Harris are kind of supporting and what they will do in a very simple, almost uh, like nutritional panel way where you can clearly and easily read everything. This is art directed so well for all the creators. Yeah, I got a shout out to our director, Chris Merck, Christian Mercado, ah, and our director editor, Jake Wilson, ah, and my producing team, Star Picks. Each person I just named, an entity I just named, has a team of 
fabulously talented people who I keep telling them, if the message weren't executed correctly, the message wouldn't get across. I can have these ideas, but if it's not like fucking sick, it doesn't matter, you know? And they got it down. It's sweet, it's hopeful, it's inviting, it's fluid, you know? There's something gay about it that's just like, come on in, you know? And like, it just feels so good and inviting and Yeah, no, this is- Inclusive. This is amazing. So on each of the cheat sheets you have, uh, kind of how they could break it down and almost print this out or slide it or screenshot it on their IG and bring it in the ballot with them and actually have a cheat sheet. Um, is it, That's right. That's incredible. And now I want to just get into one more piece of this, and that is, uh, so you worked with a super PAC or acronym, which is a political fundraising organization. And so what you did here that was just so genius and necessary is that you went to them as a client and created a content series and then produced it and then used your own media channels to get the word out and use kind of your Rolodex, your political capital or your privilege, as some would say, to actually move the system. And then they work to help you get donations to help fund and create this. So it's almost like a political agency in some sense. Uh, That's right. Patronym is a super PAC. Like in 20, in 2008 or 2012, Republicans were like, we're not evil enough. We have to get more money to create private messaging to go public. And this brilliant woman, Tara McGowan, founded uh, in 2017, founded Pacronym, which is a Democratic super PAC, a Democratic super PAC run by young, diverse people and women. So actually what we did is that they have money for ad spends. They do paid media strategy. So they have this machine going to get content targeted to voters in the airwaves. And what we kind of realized this year is that Generator is like a real political messaging or a political messaging agency focused in realness and nuance. We're, our political messaging is more nuanced than I've ever seen. It's not just like, you must do this or you'll die. It's like, here's the deal. And I know you're not stoked. Like nobody else can say that. Um, Generator, we've realized this year, we, and it's not just me, it's all these celebrities who are way, have way bigger platforms than me. And it's like, they made the risk, you know, the cost risk, whatever decision to be like, yeah, I can post this. Who cares? I can, I can post this and I can say I'm voting for Joe Biden, not just vote. You know, it's, we pushed the platforms a little bit further and we pushed the message, I think, way further. And, you know, we say things that the campaigns cannot and should not. It's, I think there's a pluralism emerging in the zeitgeist, in the culture that we've occupied that pluralistic space in tandem with the Biden campaign. We're unofficial. We're not connected to them. But, you know, Pacronym is. They're official and they've been doing a great job at straddling both, you know, both like the realness and then like servicing the Democrats as they need to be. But yeah, we like realized we discovered ourselves to be this political branding agency this year. And now what do you think brand's responsibility is? Because you brought up, interestingly enough, Black Lives Matter, how when, you know, COVID-19 was kind of like the first pandemic and then there was a second pandemic of social injustice and then something happened socially, almost a modern, you know, Emmett Teal, people have described it as the George Floyd, some picture, some image, some moving feeling that people could digest in their own way that made them say enough, that made them say must make a stand because brands really historically have not been coming out with statements. 
you know, it was almost like the racist uh, mentality versus the anti-racist. So it was, it doesn't affect me was the initial feeling. Now brands are coming up either whether it's employees down up or from the top down going, we must make a stand. Um, so how do you feel brands should get involved in this through making a stand, you know, Patagonia's put some things on their labels. Other brands have taken pledges for either diversity or equality or something of that nature through donations. But how do you see kind of the brand's relationship at this moment in time with politics and policies? Um, it's not new, the concept of we vote with our money. I like feel like in the past 10 15 years, that concept has been coming up. We vote with our money. We vote with our money. And now to see these billionaires, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, they have so much power and the billionaires run so much of our government and so much of the world. But I know that we saw this year that the people, there, there is no bigger entity than the people of planet Earth. There's no bigger entity on Earth than the people. As much as the billionaires want to think they're above it or, or separate, it's like we still move them. And, you know, I get it in the first week after the murder of George Floyd. I get it. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Ha you know, throw a banner up at the top of the website. But, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the Black Liberation Movement has not been has not been working for hundreds of years in this country just for a banner at the top of the website, you know, and but it happens incrementally. I'm not even, you know, the, the incremental steps, okay, it happens over time, but there's something in Generator that is like about people power campaigns to get billionaires to put their money where their mouth is. I really respect AOC and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders for not taking fossil fuel money or billionaire money, but there's something in there where I'm like, I think <laughs> these corporations owe the people a lot of money, a lot of money. And first it starts with saying Black Lives Matter, okay. Then it's pledges. But then I think that there are almost like, I don't know what, system stunts, patriarchy stunts, where it's like, let's get, you know, like Bloomberg paid for $60 million worth of Floridians who happen to be felons, whose votes, you know, the fucking poll tax that these evil Republicans put on them. You have to pay to be able to vote, which is what? No taxation without representation? What are we talking about? But Bloomberg paid. Well, you know, maybe there's like a people powered campaign that's like, let's get a billionaire to match that donation. Let's get another billionaire who's okay. Mike Bloomberg just made himself the coolest billionaire this week. Who's the other coolest billionaire and whose website are we going to buy from? I don't know. There's something in there, I think, that is coming from the people. But, you know, the activists have their place and they are pushing policy forward. And I see Generator in this space of pushing messaging and the money and the action that's backing it up forward. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of brands that either want to make a statement or don't want to sit on the sideline where years ago that really wasn't necessarily the case. But, you know, just like years ago, there wasn't a diversity department. And before that, there right. was an environmentalist department. And before that, there was probably wasn't corporate social responsibility. But right. you know, maybe we're evolving where brands now have a, a statement or a stand or get involved or the founders get involved in their own parties, too. And. Uh, it's just great to see how you're planting the seed and also nurturing it and growing it. And you were unapologetic about being the first person out there to say, hey, I have a platform. I just left this amazing show and I have all these fans and I can do anything I want. You know, I have options of freedom and I'm going to choose to actually take the season, the next season that I produce, the political season and produce this amazing 
20 series episodes of Instagram programming and then also invited your friends as actors and producers. And it's really, it's amazing, you know, that whole input and what you have created. And it's been, you know, my honor and pleasure along with, you know, others at TBWA and meeting others that you're on your team to just understand and learn and watch this process grow. So I'll, I'll end in with the last question is, so what do you want to see? The election is not too far away. Uh, in your ideal world today or in you know less than 30 days, what do you want to see happen? And what do you feel is the result that uh, will kind of grant you and others in your following and others that follow the generator feel like the work went into something? Okay, what I want to see you know, this is an election. Stacey Abrams says this is an election season, not an election day. What I want to see be the result of this election season is a landslide victory for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I want to see the Senate turn blue. I want the House to remain blue. And I want our country to show itself that it is young people, young people of color and people of color who did that shit. That is so great. So... Okay, now you could breathe. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I would be remiss and ask just a little insight. Here, so, what will you be doing on election day? Are you turning it off till the results come? Are you going to a cabin far, far away? Are you anxiously watching the streams? What do you think you're going to be doing on uh, election day? I just made this decision that the. I think I want to do, there's this cool dude in New York, Gabriel Held. He has vintage clothing and he like does like photo shoots. And I've always been like, yeah, I'll do it sometime. I want to do that that week. I want to do like a fun something just like for nothing, you know, just for fun. And then on the day of, I think I, I literally, I think I'm just going to go like hug some friends, just see some people for like six feet apart coffee. And then that weekend I'm going to go away and hide for a couple weeks. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much, Alana. That is the end of our talk today. Let everyone know what they need to do, their call to action moving forward uh, to help support you and to uh, help support the Generator Collective uh, leading up to the election and past the election. Okay. I want to say thank you so much, Doug Melville, you as an individual, you have taught me so much and you are so smart and your scope is so big and wide and also specific. Also, thank you to TBWA. Generator has learned so much from TBWA. Um, okay. So you can follow Generator Collective on Instagram. It's Jenny Bish on Twitter. I implore you to check out Cheat Sheet for the Voting Booth.com where you can get registered to vote and also get help that we have this tool to make a voting plan. It helps you step out and make a voting plan. All the episodes are on there and all the cheat sheets are on there for Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan. Share the cheat sheets, share them to anybody you know who's in that state. And last thing, if you don't know what Indivisible is, look up Indivisible, just know what it is and maybe know your local group. And final, final thing, I just signed up for this, protecttheresults.com. It's Indivisible's easy, specific, I don't know about easy, but specific, very like direct way to get American citizens to protect the results so that we can like leave this surrealness, get back to reality and start making real productive change in our country. Indivisible, protecttheresults.com, generator collective. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Alana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I hope you go out and vote. You best 
still get those ballots in make sure to register tell other friends to do it peer pressure let's get it let's make the record turn out this year that we all hope happens so and thank you advertising week thank you for listening to the disruptor series podcast adweek's agency podcast of the year craving more disruption visit us at tbwashydayny.com